Let's have a, a, a short meditation. We'll have about 15 minutes of, uh, of meditation. You can do um, you know, the practice of your choice. Uh, just one invitation with that. If you're feeling like you want to try something new, uh, maybe it's not new to you. And just as you practice, just seeing if it's possible to uh, invite a gentle smile. Yeah, onto your face as you practice. It can be very gentle or not. <laughs> it can be quite big. It's up to you. But um, just seeing what happens. If as part of our posture, we also just invite, we're not forcing, just inviting a gentle smile to rest on the face. And if you want, you can come back to that and check if that smile needs a little bit of a, a bit of relaxing, a bit of invigorating, energizing. But other than that, just do whatever practice you're drawn to do for this period of time.
So without judgment, just noticing how's that smile? Softening any tension in the face, and just inviting a gentle smile. to rest on the face, in the face. Noticing how that impacts experience. So before I share some reflections around the practice, um, just like to, to acknowledge everyone here. Yeah. It's just, um, I always find it very moving when a group of people come together to practice and, uh, and particularly, I think in this way, as reflecting on different aspects of it, you know, across geography across conditions of our lives and just thinking you know our morning meditation 7:15 finish time if you're in the UK that's quarter past 5 if you're in Canada that's I don't even know what crazy time that is so just kind of bringing that into the space that acknowledgement you know the diversity um, and at the same time, the, the commonality, that which we share. Uh, all here, uh, moved by that same interest and love. So, I'd like to invite us, before I go into the teaching, to just, um, just take a few moments to take in someone else on the screen. And as you do that, you know, encouragement like we've done, maybe we did it before, you might not choose someone from the first screen that you're on, but go across to a different one. And just choose one person and just feel that flow of mutual support. That's all you're doing. You can have your eyes closed if that's more comfortable or open, but just have a sense of this other person, whoever that is on your screen, and the sense of mutual support that right now by being here, you're supporting this other person by being here, by practicing. And you're also receiving support from them. Just feeling that flow, that movement. And then if you wish in your own time, just letting that expand. 
to more people on the screen, just the, the sense of the support flowing between us. That you're offering support to others just by being here and that you're receiving support from so many others, including some that aren't even here <laughs> with us. And as I said yesterday when we did something you know, similar, you can carry on for the whole retreat if you want <laughs> to just do this. Um, or you, know, you can stop at any point. Yeah. But there's something uh, yeah, really beautiful, powerful about doing this. Just opening to that support that flows between us. So I'd like to explore a little bit to um, reflect a little bit about these kind of things that we can do like we just did now. And for just for each of us to reflect, you know, what, does, what happens to us when we open to the sense of support, of offering support, of receiving support? Um, what happens to our experience when we smile? Or when we um, open our attention to feel something pleasant. And if you want to share something that comes up for you in response to any of those questions, feel free to put it in the chat. I'll read them out. If you don't, that's really fine. But staying with that question, you know, what happens? What happens to our experience? And so I just had an, a, an example of that right now when we were doing that meditation and, and smiling. And um, I think a mosquito bit me right in the ear, right above my headphone. That's what it felt like. And the interesting thing was, that's, that's pretty unpleasant, you know, not incredibly unpleasant, but, you know, unpleasant. The interesting thing was, was because I was smiling and I was intent, like my intention was with the smile, I just went back to the smile from the unpleasant feeling. And it felt in that moment that the unpleasantness didn't build up. Yeah. It actually uh, pretty quickly disappeared. Quite interesting to reflect on. If anyone else has anything, as I said, it's really welcome in the chat. I'm not going to wait, but um, feel free to type it in and then I'll, I'll, I'll uh, address things as they come in. So a little, bit of, a little bit more about this. Um, I've used this example a lot, so many of you have heard it. Uh, a few months ago, I decided that um, I wanted to start running. And uh, I, uh, I did it with the help of an app called um, Couch to 5K. Couch to 5 kilometers. Might not, have, uh, might not be very big in Finland, but in the UK it's pretty well known. And it's really well-designed, kind of fun way that someone actually uh, came up with for their mother. 
couch sofa um, because he wanted to help his mother uh, start exercising. So he designed this really great tool. And it really takes you slowly, yeah, but about, I think on the, I can't remember if it was the second week, maybe, um, one of the trainers, you can pick trainers, you can change them, said on her, on her piece, she said, um, if you're finding it difficult right now, yeah, if you're finding it difficult right now, tell yourself you're enjoying this. Tell yourself you are loving this. You're loving running right now. And so what's happening there? Yeah, what's happening there? Very, it's got a lot in common with some of the practices we've been doing. It's got a lot in common with some very um, beautiful and wise and helpful Dharma uh, principles. So one thing that happens is that when we tune in to pleasant, enjoyable aspects of experience, um, it's generally, some of the time at least, easier to sustain and to continue to stay with something. Yeah, if I tune into the pleasant, rather than where my attention habitually goes, yeah, the tendency of attention to go. And why is it easier? Um, it's easier because of um, the cultivation of samadhi, which is a Pali word, which I'll explain. Yeah. So when we tune into the pleasant, when we tune into what is going okay, when we smile, when, we tell my, when I tell myself as I'm running, I'm loving this. This is really fun. Yeah. I'm tuning into an aspect of experience that's already there. Yeah. Because it is actually fun to run. <laughs> Even if, you know, in my case, I've been carrying this shame around running since I was about eight years old. You know, and running in public is a really big thing to go out running and then actually doing it. It's actually really, there is, even when it's hard, there's something fun about that letting loose, that freedom, that movement, that flow, at least for me. So it's not making something up that wasn't there, but it's tuning into that aspect. So when we cultivate samadhi, samadhi is the unification, we can call it unification, harmonization, of the body, the heart, and the mind together with the object of attention, with what we're paying attention to in our experience. Um, so the whole system, so Nathan was referring to it, I think, earlier today. It's one of his recent ways of referring to it, which is, which is really fun, which is the whole team comes together. <laughs> the body, the heart, the mind, they all come together. It's like a whole team that's unified, that's working together, that's less um, fragmented and more in sync. Yeah. So instead of, you know, sometimes we can feel in our experience what's actually going on is it feels like we're being pulled in different directions. Yeah. The body's feeling one way, the mind is saying, you know, do that, or this is like that. The heart may have a different story. Yeah, we're trying to actually do something at the same time. Yeah, so that sense of fragmentation. And here we're gathering, yeah, we're collecting uh, with that sense of unification and harmonization. And joy, pleasantness, yeah. uh, really help that to happen. 
more easily. It's not the only way. Yeah, but they, they support that process and happen to happen. And so we can really feel it, yeah, there's, it often happens naturally, yeah, and I think um, one of the things I love about the Finnish culture, actually, is what happens to people in nature, yeah, such a strong connection to nature, right, and that sense of, um, for most humans in general, I think, but I think in Finland it's really strong, yeah. What happens to us when we're in nature? Yeah, what happens when you go to your summer cottage? Yeah. And that simplicity and that um, sense of just being kind of something drops in, right? And there's just that simplicity of being the whole team together. We're not being pulled in different directions so much. So we can feel that in moments that we know in life and most of us very clear in nature. Uh, also in practice, you know, maybe just moments, but when there's this ease suddenly and there's just, ah, just with this experience right now. doesn't even matter if it's pleasant or unpleasant, but when there's moments of this ease and the dropping in, yeah, the mind, the body, the heart, just here, yeah, here. So that's kind of one part that I really want to pull out and highlight that goes on when we do these kind of um, practices, when we play this kind of game. Of bringing attention to the pleasant, of smiling, of telling myself, oh, I'm enjoying this, this is fun, I'm loving it. Um, Something else that can happen when we intentionally tune in to the pleasant or enjoyable aspect of experience, something else that happens is that we're playing with our perception. Yeah. So I'm going to say more about this, but we're shifting yeah, how we pay attention and what we pay attention to. We're shifting it from the habits, yeah, which we all have habits of paying attention. We're shifting from the habits, um, the habitual ways, yeah, to something else. that is equally available, it's equally there, we just don't notice it because it's not our habit to notice. So this is is important. I'm going to say it again in another way. Our tendency, our habit, the way we usually operate, when we're not paying attention, when we're not choosing, um, is to believe that things are a certain way. Yeah. For example, right, there's just this experience, whatever that is. So maybe there's discomfort in the body. There's just discomfort in the body. That's all there is. Yeah. So we believe things to be um, a certain way. Yeah, we believe this is a fact. Uh, we believe our views to be essential truths. This is the way this is. Yeah whatever this is, including ourselves. I'm like this. I'm this kind of person. I always feel like this. Anyone thought today, I'm really bad at meditation. It's never going to work. Had any kind of thought like that? Yeah, a few brave souls are admitting to it. (laughs) 
And in that moment, yeah, in that moment, um, it usually feels like that's who I am, right? That's how it is. Yeah. I'll always be like this. I've always been like that. doesn't matter what it is. Meditation. Yeah. My, you know, inner critic, how I relate to myself, whatever it is, doesn't matter. There'll be these views, there'll be these ideas that we really think in the moment, this is the way it is, this is the fact, this is the truth. And yet, when we start looking at experience, we see experience is more complex than that. Yeah. Things are not so solid, not so permanent as we take them to be. So if we start looking at experience, we can see something, I think Nathan said this yesterday, or maybe I did, I can't remember anymore, but we'll be saying it quite a few more times. <laughs> we start to see in any moment of experience, there's a variety of things going on. Yeah. And one thing we can start to look at is there will always be an object of our attention, and there will be a way of relating to that object. Yeah be a way of relating to that object and this matters yeah this is important because already it's not just one fixed solid thing yeah there's the object and there's the way of relating to that object and the ways of relating themselves are habits most of the time we're moved by habits and tendencies of ways of relating And the way we relate to experience, to the object and experience, affects experience itself. Ex affects what we experience. So, I'm going to go back to the app example and break it down with this kind of, um, with what I just said in mind. Yeah? How, does that, how does that work when we look at that advice on the app? So, there I am running. And there's an object, or there's several objects, usually more than one going on, but say there's an object in experience, which in that case is the experience of running. Yeah? The sensations in the body, for example. Yeah. And then there's the way of relating to those sensations. The habitual way uh, is to see it as unpleasant. You know, it's not so pleasant to be out of breath, to be sweaty. Yeah. There's a sense of effort, it's not easy. Yeah. So that we interpret all of that as unpleasant. That's all felt, experienced as unpleasant. And then from the unpleasant, it's also unwanted. Yeah, Nathan was saying this yesterday. If it's unpleasant, then I don't want it. <laughs> it seems to come together very quickly. Yeah, very, very quickly. But what happens when we bring awareness to that process and we start kind of playing with it and playing with perception, saying, what if I look at this a different way, if I relate to this in a different way? Yeah, and we'll come back to that. So same thing with our practice, yeah? So often in practice we pay attention to something like a breathing or a sound in our environment, yeah? And that's something we usually don't pay attention to, right? It doesn't grab our attention much, that object. Yeah? So the habitual way of relating is that uh, it's not very interesting. <laughs> yeah. The breath is not very interesting. The distant sound might not be very interesting. That's the habit there. 
And so what happens? Yeah, partly that's why our minds keep moving away. <laughs> it's not that interesting because that's the habit of how we relate. Yeah. So does this make sense so far? These examples of there's an object and there's a way of relating? Say no if not. And, and you'll have to also write it because I can't see all of you in one go. Okay, we'll assume that's a yes and I can carry on. So what happens when we bring awareness to the way the habits of mind shape experience? That's what we're interested in. So one thing that happens is we really open up possibilities. Suddenly, it's not just the tendency, it's not just the conditioning and the habit, how this has been going on for a very long time. Um, It allows something else. So if we take the example of the app again, what happens if instead of going with a habit, which is, this is unpleasant, therefore it's unwanted, Therefore, it's really hard, you know, and I really need to get through it. And I'm not sure if I can do it again tomorrow, whatever's going on in our mind. Instead of that, I tell myself, like that very wise woman told me on the app, tell yourself you're enjoying it. Yeah, what happens then? Yeah, so it's a possibility to relate differently, consciously, intentionally to relate differently to this experience. And actually what I'm doing is I'm reminding myself <laughs> that I'm enjoying it. Yeah. I'm reminding myself, actually, there is something really enjoyable in the body moving faster than it normally does. Very slow still, but faster than it normally does. Yeah. There is something beautiful and enjoyable in um, pushing past the boundaries of my comfort zone. Yeah of kind of letting go of um, body shame that I've had since I was about eight. That's 40 years. Yeah. There's something really powerful about that. Yeah. And so I can connect to something else. Yeah. And the interesting thing is that that, you know, for me, that really stays. So I didn't need to hear it again and again, but I would remind myself. Yeah, tell yourself you're enjoying this as you're running. And then what would happen when I did it? I'd smile. Yeah. And then what happens when we smile just with the mosquito bite? The experience doesn't build up. The unpleasantness doesn't continue to build up in the same way. So I spoke about samadhi earlier, this often spoken about of as one wing of our practice. And this is another beautiful image. If we imagine ourselves as we're practicing, if we imagine we're birds. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. I've always wanted to fly. <laughs> so with practice, you know, we can do that to some degree. So if we imagine we're birds, one wing is that wing of samadhi, that wing of unification, of harmonization, of gathering the whole team together. The other wing is the wing of insight. The wing of seeing in ways that free. In seeing that ways that free. Um, In discerning and being able to see, yeah, how is the way of relating right now, how is that affecting 
experience and perception. And what are other possibilities? What are other possibilities? What ways of relating to experience are possible right now, are available right now? What ways of relating are possible, uh, ways of relating that can bring more well-being, more ease, and more wisdom? Because wisdom is something that just keeps growing, just keeps developing. And so this process, yeah, um, this process takes, um, it takes mindfulness, it takes the capacity to know our experience, the sensitivity to meet and to know our experience. It takes intentionality, yeah, that sense of, okay, right now, um, what is going on? What's the habit maybe there? What's the way of relating and how can I see it differently? Yeah. And it takes clarity and continuity. Yeah. And so right now, I'm putting all this out. Right now at the moment, what we're practicing is, is fairly simple. So we're not trying to figure out in any given moment, you know, what are all my possibilities and which one do I choose? But we're just saying, okay, there'll be a habit there. What happens if I look for the pleasant, look for the comfortable, open up the space like we did this afternoon? and tune into anything pleasant with that. How does that affect experience? So when we tune into the pleasant or comfortable, that impacts the way of relating. Yeah. So we're relating differently, we're choosing a different object, and then we're relating to that object differently with interest. And that impacts experience, both in the immediate and over time. Yeah, and this is also really helpful to remember about our practice. We're practicing for here, for this moment, uh, but we're also practicing for the long run. Yeah, we're cultivating, we're deepening, we're training. Whatever word you like, I like cultivating. Yeah. Nourishing and growing, just like we would um, grow vegetables in our in our garden yeah or Nathan's got a whole plantation of little avocado seeds going on right now (laughs) in our in my mother's apartment here yeah so we're cultivating we're watching you know we watch these avocados wondering what's going to happen what kind of root is going to grow what kind of shoot is going to grow yeah so we're cultivating something, yeah, we're cultivating um, ways of relating that support us in the immediate and over time. In this moment, what can bring more well-being, what can bring relief and release and energy, whatever we need, yeah? And then over time, how does that support more well-being in our lives and in the world over time? No. A friend shared with us recently. Um, he lost his wife suddenly a couple of months ago. Um, it was very sudden, it was an accident. Um, and he was sharing how this practice of being able to turn towards the pleasant, to turn towards joy, what a resource that has been for him in this really difficult time. 
Yeah, turning towards the pleasant, turning towards joy. What a resource. And he put it much more beautifully than I'm about to, but he said, you know, the most beautiful thing that he can really see and feel is the more he turns towards joy, also the more compassion there is towards himself and towards others. So that opening comes together. It's not one instead of the other. It's not that we just cultivate. When we cultivate this capacity to choose the object of attention and to stay with that, we open up the whole range. So as we practice, we see our habits, we see our tendencies, and we also see the possibility. Yeah, the teachings keep reminding us of these possibilities. They keep reminding us that uh, we come to life. Yeah? This title of this retreat, Coming to Life. Yeah? We come to life not somewhere else, yeah? but right here through the material of our life. Yeah? This experience right now. This body experience, this mind experience, this heart experience. That's the material. That's the um, fertilizer as well as the seed and the water and the sun that we need. So we meet in the moment, right here, we meet our experience and we learn yeah. and we explore and we play. Yeah. And people said today they really loved it when Nathan used the word playfulness this morning. So I told them to, uh, to imagine our practice. frozen. Can you still hear me? Yeah, okay. I told them to imagine our practice as making mud pies, like being a child and making cakes out of mud, yeah, if we like the word playfulness. So it's right here, yeah, with the material of our lives, with the material of our experience, that the opportunity is. This is the ground. Yeah, this is the ground for our practice. To learn, to deepen, to cultivate wholesome ways of, of relating. And the body, the breath, sound, yeah, they're a real... Um, partner for us in this practice. Yeah. They are a refuge, a place of safety. They're also uh, an anchor, a place of stability that we can turn to. And they support us to engage in experience and at the same time not to get overwhelmed or swept, swept away. Yeah. Anchor and a refuge our practice. So I said at the beginning, um, like how much I'm touched, how much I'm moved by people coming together like this and practicing. And, you know, doing this takes a lot of courage. Yeah. And a lot of honesty, showing up, 
to our experience. You know, showing up to our experience. Asking questions. You know, how am I seeing this right now? Yeah, what habits are at play here? And how is that impacting experience? Takes courage, takes honesty. It also takes skill, yeah, to bring curiosity, to bring gentleness, to keep showing up. Yeah. That takes skill that we're also developing. What is needed right now? Yeah. When do we need more curiosity and interest and exploration? When do we need just to more rest back yeah. and watch the show unfold? Yeah. Finding the right balance yeah. between these different attitudes that are helpful, gentleness, continuity, curiosity. Finding the right degree of effort. Yeah. This is a big one. Yeah. How much do I keep holding myself together and how much do I relax and surrender? Yeah. How much effort? That's constantly changing. And kind of came up today around things like tiredness or physical discomfort. Yeah. What do I do with that? Yeah. And so the Buddha had beautiful images for effort. Yeah. He used this image of um, like tuning a string instrument. Yeah. We don't want the strings to be too tight because then they'll break. So if we're, <laughs> we're going to break something, maybe our heart. And we don't want them to be too loose because then they won't make music. Yeah. Or sometimes the image that's used of, is of like the amount of effort that we need to hold a rose petal in the palm of our hand. Yeah, the petal of a flower. And if you imagine, you know, something delicate like a flower in your hand. We need some effort. Yeah, we need effort to hold it up, to hold it there. But if we make too much effort, we crush it. So that kind of, that balance that we're playing with. So courage, honesty, skill, balance. Yeah, balance between showing up, rousing ourselves, being present, and also resting back, surrendering, allowing things to flow through. And with all of that, being willing to be creative, playful, to experiment. Yeah. So it can be helpful with our practice to remember um, three aspects. Yeah. And we've touched on them already. But just to highlight them again, three aspects of the practice. The first is intention. Yeah. 
What's my intention as I practice? What am I practicing for? Being clear. Yeah. Practice as an act of kindness. Practice towards well-being. Practice to deepen understanding. Yeah. The second aspect is attention. Yeah. Attending, bringing attention to the meditation object and the practice in ways that nourish and embody our intention. Yeah. In ways that nourish and embody our intention. So sometimes, you know, we might have the intention to develop more kindness and we're actually quite harsh in the way we bring attention to the object of our practice. So being kind of aware of these different aspects and noticing. How could I do this differently? How could I rest back? How can I be intimate and spacious? And the third aspect is discernment. Yeah, is looking closely and seeing what's the impact. What's the impact of practicing this way? What is needed here? What is helpful? So remembering as we do this, yeah, remembering as we do this, few things. One is the support, yeah, that we're doing this together and that countless beings have done this before us. Yeah. We're walking a path that many others have walked and we're making the path, as we walk it, we're making the path for so many others that will follow after us. So this practice is very much something we do here with the material of our lives, but it's boundless. Yeah. It's boundless. Because right here in the material of my life, the whole world is here <laughs> with us. So we're never practicing just for ourselves. Yeah. Always in this network. So remembering the support, remembering the resourcing as we practice, to resource ourselves in the ways we practice, yeah. cultivating ways of relating to experience that are wholesome, that are helpful, deepening sensitivity, deepening responsiveness, our capacity to respond rather than to react. And that ongoing commitment to explore the wholesome in ways that bring more well-being and less dukkha, less suffering to ourselves and to the world that we share. Yeah. So whatever the habits that have come with us so far, that's not the end of the story. We are greatly fortunate to have this sensitive team here of the body, heart, and mind. And habits can be changed, just like anything else. 
with patience, with courage, with honesty, with kindness. So let's um, have a quiet minute to bring this to a close together. I think that's what I wanted to share this evening. So thank you for your listening and for your practice today. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.